Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about content marketing and how you can unite content marketing with leadership. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Diego Pineda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Anatoly. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, for me it's a big pleasure. I want to learn more about leadership, about content marketing because it's my passion. So yeah, why not? And uh, before we start, I want to introduce our sponsor, Asia Rankin, a top-related all-in-one SEO platform i like see ranking for their very accurate trend tracker tool which shows your daily rankings for your website in five search engines for any location device and language you can monitor google maps results in 35 search features for every keyword and much more just Google Sirenkin Ren Tracker and explore 14 days of the software for free. Before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and tell why you decided to share with us about content marketing and leadership. Right. So I'm an author and a B2B marketer. I've been doing this for, for quite a long time. Been in content for about 17 years. And I started as a medical writer, then moved into business writing, sales and marketing, and in the past four years, been working with tech companies and SaaS companies doing B2B marketing, and also very, very interested in thought leadership and how to move from normal, traditional, regular content marketing into thought leadership, which is something that I'm really passionate about, and that's something that we get a chance to talk about uh, today. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, can you tell where to start, how to create marketing strategy uh, if you want to become in one day uh, to have this leadership position, uh, probably the best on the field, uh, where to start, how to create this content plan and uh, some other tips uh, that you need to consider during the way? Okay, so if you want to become a thought leader in your niche, it depends on your industry. It depends if you're a solopreneur or you're a company. But the most important thing is to have something different to say. So you need a POV or a point of view, a unique angle. And what I usually recommend and the companies I work with and the people I work with is I tell them you have to create a framework, a framework that defines the steps or the systems or the processes that you follow so other people can also follow them. Because if you just post stuff randomly, let's say uh, what many marketers do or many content marketers do or content creators is they post about, uh, they have a few topics and they have blogs about each topic and they have uh, social media posts about this topic. But if someone was going to say, okay, how do I implement all this? They would have to search for hours and try to uh, go through every post, every blog to find it, right? Because they don't have a central place where their framework, their thinking is organized in a step-by-step -step framework. So the first thing is, okay, you need to have a point of view and you need to create a framework with that point of view that you have, that unique way of you doing things or solving a problem. So basically for marketers, we have people who have problems and we solve that problem. And what we can say is, okay, this is the problem. This is the old way to solve that problem. Now, this is the new way. This is the new way I'm offering for you how to solve the problem. And then we create content around that. We create the framework. And then we start creating content around that framework. It can be a book, which is the best one. So you have everything organized, but you can create podcasts, blogs, uh, reports, whatever, but all always based on that framework and based mm -hmm. on that point of view. I would say mm -hmm. that's the first Love. thing. 
Yeah, so valuable. Okay, uh, can you tell how to find the right ideas, what to post and uh, to share value on this post? Because uh, I see when companies have the struggle uh, to find great ideas, to share something new. And you mentioned that it's better to uh, avoid yeah, generic stuff that everyone does. Uh, can you tell about uniqueness of your ideas and how do we know that uh, it can help our audience uh, on their ways or daily lives? Yeah, so the traditional way of doing uh, content marketing, at least uh, this is what we did years ago, is that, okay, uh, you think, okay, what do we want to be found for? So we do some SEO research. We find the keywords that we want to be found for. Usually uh, high search volume keywords, and then we create pillar topics and we create a cluster. We create blocks around it, content. So Google, we find it. And then what we want to do is, is get uh, found on Google, right? But that's the old way. So I say, instead of just saying, here's the list of keywords, create content around those keywords, or maybe about you know our product, let's create content around disrupted ideas. So what I say is, come on. Um, what's a best practice in my industry? Is that always true? So you start questioning stuff. Uh, what is it that people always do in my industry uh, or something that's considered a dogma? And then you, mm -hmm. you ask yourself, is that always true? When, when is it? Is there an exception for that? And then you can start questioning and you create disruptive ideas or you find, okay, what are the most common mistakes people are, are making in my industry? You write mm -hmm. about those, right? So, for instance, I'll give you an example. So, uh, I'm talking about why co traditional content marketing uh, needs to evolve and become thought leadership. So, I wrote an article called Content Marketing is Dying, Long Live Thought mm -hmm. Leadership. And that article went viral. Like, and it had people <laughs> very mad about it. Some people saying, oh, exactly my thoughts, right? Because I was, I was going against the grain I'm telling people we have to do things differently. And I was mm -hmm. being provocative, saying content marketing is dying. And some people got really offended. Like, how do you dare say content marketing is dying? And, and other people say, yeah, you're right. We have to do things differently. We have to, to go deeper. Instead of just, uh, you know, trying to, to get rankings, we should just try to, to change things and, and change minds and change the industry instead of just uh, uh, doing, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of uh, stuff writing for Google. Let's try to actually predict the future and predict new trends and where our industry is going. So it's just trying to be disruptive and not uh, maintaining the status quo. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I see when content creators just copy influencers, uh, famous bloggers. But, you know, it's interesting... Uh, that uh, influencers have their strong sides. And uh, for example, if you open TikTok, someone is dancing or singing, and they have this strong sides, the skills to uh, get this high engagement. It doesn't mean that you can do it, you know, because for example, I can't sing, I can't dance. So if I do it on TikTok, I will fail a hundred percent because it's not my strong side and uh, uh, we need to stand out from the rest by using our strong sides. Can you tell, uh, for example, um, uh, 
I see when companies uh, check out the average data, videos get uh, viral or high engagement. Uh, but when they are not good with filming videos, they fail. You know, they can't get the same engagement. But they can write, you know, for example, to write some interesting uh, excitement post as you did uh, with this article. By the way, I like the headline of your article. I think uh, the success, 80% of success uh, was on your headline. <laughs> And uh, the rest... Uh, I don't want to tell that the rest is not good, but uh, I mean, uh, I know only about the headline and yeah, it's catchy. I, I want to read it. I will do it. You guys, you need to do it. Just uh, search for this article. And can you tell more about uh, choosing your strong side? Because content creators still uh, copy others, still uh, try to uh, replicate the rest of, but how do we can develop and uh, I mean like our own skills and think, okay, I'm excited about that. I want to share more value about that. I want to use this style. Can you tell more about that? Yeah. So before that, I like to say a word about influencers. So I would say that the difference between an influencer and a thought leader is that influencers say, follow me. Thought leaders mm -hmm. say, follow my ideas. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So and, and and that's a big difference. But yeah, so there's two things. First, what are you comfortable creating and you like doing it? Right. If, if you hate being in front of a camera, don't just do video because uh, people are doing video, right? If you hate it. Mm -hmm. But if your strong suit is writing, go for it. And then what's resonating with your audience? So you may be Uh, tempted to say, oh, this is what I want to do, and but maybe you don't get any engagement, right? So you have to look for uh, your audience and you have to go to where your audience is hanging out, right? So my audience is hanging out on LinkedIn. So that's where I usually uh, post, right? And I engage conversations. And for me, I find that I, I like writing and people respond to my writing. Mm -hmm. But for other people, they want to enjoy writing. Uh, so they try podcasts, they try video, they try images, they try memes. And if your audience uh, responds to that and it resonates with them, then you should do that. So it's two things. What are you comfortable with and what resonates with your audience? And just, just go for it. Like, don't be afraid. And I would say um, stick with it for a while. If you're just starting out, at least not even giving 90 days to, to post consistently every day and see the response of the people. Then you can try something else, test different things, test different platforms, but really go to where your audience hangs out. Don't try mm -hmm. to, to make, uh, I don't know, children's videos on YouTube because uh, kids don't, uh, I'm saying on LinkedIn, because kids don't have, hang out on, uh, on LinkedIn, right? Maybe YouTube, right? So it's just finding where, you, where your audience is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh... Can you tell uh, about uh, patience and consistency? Because, for example, if uh, someone uh, want to become a leader in one day, it takes time yeah, to fail many times, to share content without any engagement. Uh, and I see when content creators give up because they uh, can't feel these results. But I remember when Mr. Beast tried to uh, grow his audience, he spent... Uh, an year and a half to get only thousand subscribers. Today he has hundred uh, million subscribers. Uh, PewDiePie spent uh, he filmed hundred videos to get only only two hundred eighty five subscribers. <laughs> so he he filmed a hundred videos to get only two. 
I don't know, a teeny percent of his network right now, like more than 100 million subscribers. Can you tell about patience? Because leaders uh, are not born to be leaders. You know, they made themselves to be leaders. Can you tell how uh, to be patient during the way when you have no engagement, when others don't care about your content? And uh, how long does it take to, uh, I don't know, to go this way? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good question because uh, I've been there. I've been there. Like, okay, I've been posting uh, a little engagement on this, right? So, I mean, there are two things. Uh, one thing is, uh, yeah, being patient, but also you have to read the signals, and you have to know when something is resonating and when it's not. Um, there's there's the the problem. I think is comparison, right? If you're mm -hmm. comparing yourself to this other content creator who has 100,000 followers, has millions of views, and then you're saying, I'm not getting there yet. Uh, I'm not there, so I'm getting discouraged. That's the problem. So what I would say is be consistent, yes, but also start tweaking and start getting uh, signals and start getting, you know, maybe something's not working. So try different things to see what works. Uh, look at the other uh, analytics. And also, I would say, get into a community of creators, get into a community where uh, of your your niche audience. For me, my niche, uh, when I started writing about uh, solo thought leadership with solopreneurs. So I got into mm -hmm. communities of solopreneurs and I would ask them, hey, do you like this? What do you think about this, uh, this post? Or what do you think about this um, headline or, 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 or this uh, piece of content? And I would get feedback and then I post and then I ask them to, to look at it. So it's more about getting conversations and getting the community. And, and that's going to be a boost. If you're just posting out, uh, posting stuff out and that's it and waiting for people to come. Well, it's going to be frustrating. But if you get involved in communities and share that content and you start engaging with your content. So it's going to be a community around your, your topic. So that's going to give you a boost. And that's, that's when you know, maybe I have to make a change. Maybe this is wor not working, so I have to, to pivot. But if it's working, mm -hmm. just keep at it. And, and don't compare yourself to the person who's at the top, right? If I'm just starting uh, running, I cannot compare myself to the Olympic medalist. I need mm -hmm. to compare myself to someone who's at my level, right? And compete with myself, right? What's my potential? What can I do? And, and just go from there. So it's not different from anything else in life. You have got to be patient, uh, but you have to stop uh, those comparisons. And I would say just get into a community and start engaging with people there in the communities. And that's going to give you feedback on your content so you can improve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, okay, uh, I think we don't need to compare with others, but I love to learn from them. For example, from Steve Jobs, from Elon Musk. Can you tell what kind of difference they have? I mean, like Steve Jobs uh, and Elon Musk, because I see they don't use a lot of uh, marketing, but people follow them everywhere. People uh, love their activities. Uh, for example, today, Elon Musk can uh, post one tweet and get high engagement to sell a hundred thousand Tesla, you know, just by sharing this tweet. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs did this great job before when he uh, 
I don't know, when he uh, presented a new iPhone or iPod or any other g- great gadgets that we use today. Can you tell about their leadership? Why people uh, follow them uh, without even marketing? So it's interesting. And this is something that followers do is that they talk to people personally. They have a face. And mm-hmm. something that companies sometimes make mistakes is that they just post stuff from their company page and people follow people. They don't follow logos. Right. So that's, that's what marketing uh, from Apple and Tesla uh, is different from the image that Steve Jobs had and Elon Musk has right now. So if mm-hmm. you, if you look at their Twitter accounts, Elon Musk has more followers than Tesla. Right. Because philo- people want to follow people. They want to mm-hmm. see a face, right? Not just a logo talking. Uh, and they want to connect on a personal level. That's one thing, right? The face. And the second thing is what I talked about at the beginning. You know, being disruptive, be having a point of view. And, you know, both Elon and uh, Steve Jobs, they had a really particular point of view. They had some opinions. They're opinionated about certain things. And they create uh, controversy. So that... That's going to make them follow. And the good thing of being, about being opinionated and not trying to please everybody is it's going to make people say, okay, I do want to follow him or her, or I don't, or I don't agree. So what it, what it does is that it repels people who shouldn't be following your brand and attracts people who are part of your tribe. So that's what they both did. They were mm-hmm. out there. And this is what I see many companies and many um, CEOs fail to do is that they want their marketing team to do everything. They want Mm -hmm. uh, the marketing team to just create a nice uh, branding, uh, nice images, logos, whatever. But they don't want to be the face of the company. And that's a big mistake. And you Mm -hmm. see the, the companies that grow faster and especially in marketing, are those that whose leaders are out there putting their face out and writing and uh, doing videos and doing podcasts because people want to follow people. Yeah, I think uh, some companies, when CEOs don't want to show their faces, they can hire someone else who can <laughs> do it, this job. Uh, for example, yeah, many big companies, uh, they... Uh, their CEOs are not interested with that. They're not good with... Uh, they can manage the process, handle the process, encourage the team, but they don't like it. So that's okay. You can hire someone else who can uh, show your face you know, to communicate with others. Many companies have it, so nothing is wrong with that. Uh, can you tell about uh, developing these leadership skills? You mentioned that you need to go to social media groups Uh, to communicate with others Uh, and what we can do on these groups we can learn uh, from others what they want to get or uh, we can share value to build our community can you tell more about uh, how much time to spend on social media groups to communicate with others and what kind of activity to provide on these groups so i would say i mean Depending if if this is your full-time gig or uh, you're just doing a, a side gig or something. But at least spend an hour a day uh, interacting with people on social media and in your mm-hmm. community, whether it's Slack groups, Discord, 
communities or Facebook groups. Spend like an hour a day just answering questions, giving value, also posting questions, being interested in sharing uh, um, valuable content and thoughts. And just be human. You know, it's it's part of uh, building relationships and, and building friendships. You know when people are trying to sell you something and it's like when people connect with you on LinkedIn and they send you a connect message and they ask you a random question and you know, this is not honest, right? They're trying to just uh, trying to make conversations so they can pitch their product. So just be helpful. Just provide a lot of, uh, I mean, I, it happened with me, like people, I'm an author and uh, I also book coach. So people would ask me uh, questions about writing a book and their ideas. And I would give them, you know, I would say, let's just have a 15 minute chat, 20 minute chat. And I won't charge you for it. And I'll give you my advice. Then if you want to hire me, it's okay. If not, I don't care. Right. But I'm giving mm-hmm. them value. And people will say, oh, they start recommending me, even though they never work with me, just because I gave them 20 minutes of my time to, mm-hmm. to listen to them. I give them, I give them some advice. So just be helpful. And yeah, an hour a day would be, would be good for you to engage with those communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think without uh, value, without helping others, it's hard you know, to go ahead because today we can't manipulate. Uh, we can't cheat people. So people want to get value first. They uh, never will buy without getting value first. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh can you share about writing books? Uh, you mentioned that uh, you can help with that. Uh, I have this goal in mind, not today, uh, not even tomorrow, but yeah, in, in the future I will. Uh, so uh, I consider it. Can you tell how to write a book today? What kind of skills to develop? I, I know that the best thing is to write. Yeah, just actually write. But I usually write every single day, uh, post on social media, articles. Yeah, it's uh, I have other problems priorities but uh your tips how to develop your skills uh before writing a book hey so why why write a book is because you know nothing spells out thought leadership like uh, a published book so Mm -hmm. you may say you're an expert in something but it's hard to prove if you don't have if you haven't written a book about it Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'm I'm an expert in something just go check my linkedin just check my my twitter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and read my tweets to see that I'm an expert, right? It, it's like, okay, there's a bunch of stuff here, but how do you know you're an expert? Oh, I have this book where I lay out the process that I follow and it has these reviews and it shows this or has won this awards. Oh, okay. And and you see podcasts with people would say, my guest today is so-and-so, the author of, right? So it opens doors for you. So that's why you should write a book because it opens doors, it shows your expertise and many other reasons. And what I said, if you have a framework, what you're going to do is you're going to write a book uh, with that framework. So the first thing you need to do is, you know, just just write it. Uh, you can work <laughs> with an editor to make it uh, better. Uh, I've, publishing is a sports team. So you, it's, you're the writer, but you can have an editor. You can have a book coach. You can have uh, designers. You can have uh, uh, promoters, uh, marketers. So it's, it's a sports team. And you're just one of the players, right? But you're the most important one because you're going to write a book and it's your ideas and it's your framework. It's your process. So just mm-hmm. start writing it, find the time, find the place. So I would say first thing, okay, choose a topic and then write an outline. 
write write a table of contents. What would I just brainstorm it? Okay, these are the topics I would I would put in the book, and and you brainstorm mm -hmm. your table of contents, and then you say, okay, let's organize this to see if it makes sense. What would be the, the first second step to to follow my process? And then go and look to everything that you have, all your posts, your talks, your your uh, radio shows, or whatever you have, and look for content and create. Let's go in Notion or Evernote. Create a note for each chapter. And then go look for, let's say you have a blog on this topic. You copy and paste under that note all the content you have for that topic. And then you do that. And once you come back and you've done that, you found that you already have a lot of content for your book. Mm -hmm. Now what you have to do is organize it, fill in the gaps, what you don't have yet. Go interview some people, do some research to get some statistics, quotes, uh, resources, and, and just finish it up and polish mm -hmm. it and then work with an editor. So that, that's that's a very quick overview. I help people with the process and all, and all that, but that's a quick overview. And uh, I have a podcast, it's called The Solo Author, The Mystifying uh, Book Writing for Busy Solopreneurs. So I just talk about this. Like every week I, I talk about this. Like it's not that hard. It's because there's a lot of myth, myths about writing a book. And if you just dispel those myths, you, you'll find it's not that hard. It just takes a, uh, know what to do, uh, get the work and just write it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, um, it's, it's the same, like, uh, uh, to read books, how to play tennis or how to play uh, soccer. If you don't actually play, I don't know how many books you need to read to be a, a great, uh, soccer player or sportsman. You need to train a sportsman. Don't read. They, train they go to the field they spend time uh with consistency training uh, every single day uh, two three times so it's the same with writing you can read uh, a lot of books or learn how to write but if you don't write if you don't spend time with writing so yeah it, it's impossible to go ahead so yeah i completely agree with you um can you tell about common mistakes that you can see people uh do uh Probably it's obsolete or it doesn't work, but they uh, still do. And uh, uh, how to find a much better way? Okay, so so one, one of the mistakes is uh, not creating real intellectual property, but mm -hmm. just, you know, having their knowledge out there without organizing it uh, in bite-sized chunks on social media and not organizing their content in a way that people can access it. That could be an archive, a very well-organized archive of their blog by topics or their podcasts, or uh, as I said, a book. So create intellectual property that just lasts through time. So treat your content as a professional, right? I mean, if you're a musician, you wouldn't just make songs and or and just uh, you know publish uh, a bit of a song here the other piece of the song over there and just pieces of the songs and never release an album, right? That, yeah. that wouldn't make sense. But content creators do that. They release beats and pieces here and there and, and they don't have something that people would say, okay, this is where your content is. This is what you talk about. I can understand your framework and, you, and, you, and your way of thinking, right? So that's mm -hmm. one thing. Organize your content, create intellectual property, real assets. Another mm -hmm. one is, uh, get your business organized. Um, monetize your content. Don't just uh, always write for free. And some some people say, 
you just give for free, give for free for a year, for a couple of years, and then clients will come. I say, that's, that's not the best way to do it. I mean, you wouldn't start a business. You wouldn't start a restaurant and just give away food for free for a year because you, you expect people to, to say, oh, it's a very good, very good restaurant, and then ch- start charging uh, after a year. No, you will go broke, right? Because the food, the, the service, the place, everything has cost. Well, guess what? Your time creating that content is also valuable. Mm-hmm. So I would say from the start, create a digital product or create a subscription or something that people will want to buy and you can monetize your content. Hey, but I don't have a big audience. Well, yeah, that's true. You're going to build your audience, but maybe you're solving a problem that someone has and that person is ready to buy from you. But because you're waiting to monetize it for a year, what's going to happen? That person is going to buy from somebody else. If you just had the product, then people would buy from you. So that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Just organize your content, monetize it, make sure it's something profitable for you because you're giving value and you have to give, uh, you have to value what value you are given, right? You have to say, yeah, this is worth it. So those mm-hmm. mistakes are not creating uh, intellectual property and organizing their content. And two is not monetizing their, uh, their content and, you know, not treating it as a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, can you tell about focusing? Uh, for example, in my daily routine, uh, I need to do 20 tasks. And I think the nature can give me uh, 48 hours a day, not 24. Uh, it's, it's not enough. But uh, in reality, I can't do all this stuff. So I choose priorities, uh, more important for me. Uh, and I see when uh, many content creators, they usually cover a lot. For example, they want to be successful on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn. It's possible. I don't deny it's possible, but if you have resources, if you have time, if you have resources, if you have a team, like Garivi has a team, like 15 people who can help him to create this content, to repurpose everywhere. Uh, And I think it's a good idea when you have two hands only or only uh, uh, not a lot of resources. It's better to pay attention to one direction, to focus. Can you tell more about focusing? How to learn your focusing and uh, how to create discipline to control this focusing because many uh, things can interrupt your process, you know, disturb you. So what do you think about that? Yeah, so so two things. Yes, I agree that you have to focus on one or two channels that you can manage. And once you have a cadence and you have, you know, you know how it works and you can automate one channel, then you can go to the next one and just repurpose to other ones. But yeah, we're no Gary V. We cannot uh, do what he does because we don't have a people. Most of us don't have a people of 15 uh, guys or girls just doing whatever we want and following us around with a camera and, and reposting everything we do. Uh, but that's what we have. That's that's what we have to, uh, to focus. So I would say, uh, I mentioned earlier, go to where your audience is hanging out. So mm-hmm. your audience is probably not hanging out on every single platform. So why would you go to Reddit if your audience is not in Reddit? Or why would you go to TikTok if your audience is not in TikTok? Just because TikTok is popular doesn't mean you have to do it. It's the same thing. Just because something is on sale doesn't mean you have to buy it, right? You only buy it if you need it. So you only go to a platform if if you really need to go there because your audience is there and you're missing out. But it's not just because it's popular and everybody else is doing it. 
So just focus on, you know, on where your audience is. And, and if your audience may be in different places, test it. So go on it full on on one for 90 days. Or go on, on both. So let's say you want to test LinkedIn and Instagram. Go on both full on for 90 days. And then at the end of the 90 days, check the results. Which one worked better? Which one brought you better results? More engagement, more people following you, uh, maybe clients. You bought, uh, you got leads, you got uh, sales. Oh, this one won. LinkedIn won. Okay, so let's get rid of Instagram or the other way around. Instagram won, so let's get rid of, of LinkedIn and just focus on that. And, and do that for a year. And if a year you automate it and have everything, okay, what else can I do? Where, where can I go now and, and do something uh, different, right? So you see yeah. people who are very successful, like Justin Welch, like he started only on LinkedIn. And when he was really successful on LinkedIn, he moved to Twitter. Yeah. And then he's, he's successful on both, right? But he didn't start doing both at the same time. Now he's doing both at the same time because he figured one out. You have to I figure one out and, and then... You know what works, you know what resonates, and just adapt the same content, but adapt it to the format and the style of this new platform. Uh, yeah, I, I like this idea. For example, Charlie Demelia, she grew on TikTok, but then she extended to Instagram, uh, YouTube. And I remember when she came to Gary Vee and asked for advice, what to do. And uh, he told her, you need to double your energy with TikTok. Just double your energy if you uh, go in viral. So just uh, keep doing this, increase. Then in some time you can uh, extend your resources to other channels uh, by hiring a team, you know, and when you have a team, why not? You can grow to other channels. So yeah, completely agree with you. Uh, okay. Uh, can you tell, for example, let's imagine uh, you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do to learn more about leadership and content marketing? Okay, so, I mean, when, when you're starting from scratch, you have to become a student and, mm -hmm. and read everything about it. And, but what I say to people, if you want to be a thought leader, you have to, in, in your industry, you have to go broad and go deep. So first you go deep. Okay, you know the basics of your industry, or let's say basic of marketing, of digital marketing. You, you know the basics. Mm -hmm. You read all the basics. Now you have to go broad. Okay, I need to learn from other disciplines. And I, I say to people, read authors who don't agree with what you think, with opposite mm -hmm. views. Watch TED Talks of other fields, of other industries. Because that's when innovation comes, when you expose yourself to different ideas and not just, you know, what we call confirmation bias. If you just read and listen and watch stuff that confirm what you already believe, then that's where you're going to get stuck. There's not going to be innovation. There's not going to be thought leadership. So you have to go outside of your area of expertise that you're building up, becoming a student and start getting new ideas and combining things. If you look at the history of innovation, innovation uh, inventions came when people just got two things that were uh, seemingly not related, but they created something new, right? Mm -hmm. Even in categories like uh, in a category like uh, um, car making, like they got 
an SUV and a luxury car, and now we got luxury SUVs. Or you got opposites like go camping, I, I stay in a, a, at a fancy hotel, and you got glamping, which is fancy camping, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to, to start uh, uniting things. And the way you do that is just becoming a student, but also reading broadly, having other um, artistic hobbies and looking at stuff that's usually not in your radar because people tend to keep uh, to stay in the radar in their zone of comfort and just reading and looking at stuff that confirms what they already believe. So just go outside that. And that's how you start becoming uh, an, an expert, an innovator. And then you have to become an educator. Whatever you learn, just share it and build in public. Yeah. And that's how you do it. Yeah, nice, nice. So valuable. Okay. Uh, can you tell what uh, all people need to do? Uh, just one thing that uh, it's very important. We can't avoid it. And uh, if we uh, uh, want to grow, we need to do this one thing. Tell it. Okay. Oh, just one thing. Um, yeah, one thing. For example, if I can do two things. <laughs> okay. So... One, one, one thing you should do is um, if you wanna if you wanna become a, a, a thought leader is uh, uh, let's see how do you word it mm. get some time to think so uh, there's there's a phrase that I like that uh, the uh, thinking about thinking is the best kind of thinking and this is mm-hmm. Chris Lockhart who says that thinking about thinking is the best kind of thinking. So I think the problem we have right now is that we just go out and we read something and we click like, and we just want to agree with everything. So if you can do one thing to just differentiate yourself is stop and think, why do I believe what I believe? Why do I say that I agree with this? And start questioning your beliefs and start questioning uh, what you usually agree with. And spend time thinking. So if you, before you write a piece of content, you think through uh, through the topic and try to also destroy your own arguments, then you'll find a new way. And I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. Uh, people in marketing say all the time, and there's this a dogma, you have to be customer centric. You know, Amazon is customer obsessed and the best companies are customer obsessed. So I ask myself, is this always true? Is there, is there a, a moment in time where being customer-centric is not uh, really the best thing to do? And I said, and I found that the answer is yes. When you're evangelizing a new product, a new category, something people don't know uh, exists or is going to help them, you have to go against the grain and be mm-hmm. mission-centric. This is my mission, and, and this is what I'm going to do. You know, when people said to uh, to Elon Musk, uh, you're crazy, electric cars, that's not going to work. He said, yes. The SpaceX, that's not going to work. Yes, it's going to work, right? So he wasn't being customer-centric. He was mission-centric. And that mm-hmm. came because, I guess, he thought. So stop. That's the one thing. Stop and think. Before you write, stop and think and question everything. That, that would be yeah. my advice. 
Yeah, love it, love it. I think uh, thinking is good, but overthinking is bad. <laughs> That's for my opinion. You know, when people overthink, uh, do I need to do or not? Do don't care about it. you can fail. That's okay. You know, you can learn from that. But for me, acting is more important. Uh, and I remember when uh, I've learned about Jeff Bezos, uh, when he got a lot of researches about. Uh, do one new product or not and he uh, replied guys nobody knows start doing this start creating this product so i think overthinking can hurt but thinking uh deep researching is good yeah i agree with you i have the final question about the future uh can you tell what kind of leader will be in the future okay in terms of thought leadership i think what you want to we're going to see more is people There's this concept that Apple started like 20 years ago, and it was about the the brand evangelist and someone who was just treat treat the the brand as something like convincing people, hey, you have to be an Apple fan, and they have this huge list of Apple fans, and they were just Mm -hmm. like it was like a religious seal about it. And I see the future of marketing more than just pushing out products. It's pushing out uh, a mission-centric uh, message that says, this is what we want to change. We, wanna, we, wanna, we want to have a better lifestyle. So what we're marketing is the category. What we're marketing is the problem and the solution. We're not just marketing brands. We're not just marketing products, right? So I see many companies start starting to do this and i think this is the future where we'll see more people saying okay we need to talk about the products we will, i'm sorry when i talk about the problems and the solutions evangelize the category and then people will say okay how can you help me we can offer them our solution but instead of just talking about you know nike or apple or you know water brand or coca-cola or pepsi all the time this is what we do. This is what we help with. And this is, I mean, you can go to anyone because there, there's many people. So I, I know some uh, brand evangelists that would say, for instance, I was talking to one of the, Gainsight is one of the companies that started talking a lot about customer success. And they wrote a book about customer success. And the evangelist for them, he gives talks about customer success. He doesn't talk about the product. He doesn't talk about the company. But they get a lot of clients from his talks. But he just talks about customer success and why it's important and how to do it. So that's yeah. what I mean. That's where we're moving towards, right? Uh, I can I can be talking here and helping people. Hey, this is how you do marketing, uh, thought leadership marketing. And I'm not talking about my book. I'm not talking about my courses. I'm not talking about w- w- my services. I'm just helping people and evangelizing this. Hey, you have to become a thought leader. Go beyond content marketing and and just create thought leadership. And then some people will say, I get it. I will run with it. And other people will say, okay, uh, t- I want to learn more from Diego. I'm going to uh, buy his book or I'm going to uh, get in touch with him or follow him on LinkedIn or whatever. Right. But that's putting value over just promotion. I think that's it. Okay, guys. <laughs> guys, I can tell that I follow Diego. I learned from him. You can see a lot of valuable insights. So, so valuable. It's a big pleasure, Diego, get you on my show. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. 
Yeah, so you can go to my website, diegopineda.ca, or you can just uh, look for me on LinkedIn, uh, Diego Pineda, and happy to connect with you on LinkedIn and, and chat. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Welcome back anytime back, you know, to share more value. So I love it. Everyone needs to follow Diego. You can see a lot of valuable insights. Love you. See you.